We interrupt this transmission to bring you the following live broadcast. It's Wednesday! It's 6 p.m. <laughs> it froze again! Aww. Our lower thirds keep freezing! <laughs> They're so cool, but they keep freezing! Oh well, what are you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna do? We're, we're gonna replay them. We're gonna replay the lower thirds. There! Yeah! There! Now you know who we are, <laughs> if you didn't know already, which you all did, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, see that? It's, maybe I got to take the audio out of that. Maybe that's, maybe that's what's, what it is. Maybe that's what's slowing. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. We're a little uh, tilted this week a little bit. I got to figure this out. We, we, just, <laughs> we just put a new mount in for the camera, and, like, I think the camera's kind of leaning on the power cable for the camera. Oh, no. And that's what's tilting us ever so slightly this way. Yeah. So please don't get seasick watching us. Well, it's not going to move. Not, we are not responsible for if you get seasick. Says you. I can make it move. I can make it move. Don't, no. <laughs> We're not responsible <laughs> if you get seasick. Just like Donald Trump is not responsible if you go to his rally in Tulsa and fucking get sick. Right. You have to sign a waiver to go on to go to his fucking rally. Yeah. Because he knows he's going to get all these fucking people sick. Then they're not going to be able to make it to the voting booth. 18,000 fucking people, he's going to get sick. There's there's some little kid outside somewhere. Yeah. If you heard that. Someone's uh, excited. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Like, why do they pick Wednesdays to do shit outside? I don't know. Yeah. Like, the rest of the fucking week, it's quiet. It's funny. But anyway. <laughs> so, it is, we are now in Pride Week. Yeah, happy Pride. Uh, we Happy Pride. Uh, I've got the, uh, you can't see them, but we got the RGB lighting in the studio all going rainbow color. Yeah. You can kind of, if you watch the back wall a little bit, you might see the colors uh, change a little bit. Yeah, you um, can see that it's doing something. A little something. bit, yeah. See, now it's blue and <laughs> now it's like purple. Yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, I wanted to tell a story. I was telling you earlier, I want to tell a yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know it's, it's Pride and Pride is a, you know, pretty popular time to come out, I think. Yeah, I would say, right? And so um, what I want to talk about is, uh, you know, I know some some folks are out there and they're, you know, they're thinking of coming out to their parents or their families or friends, whatever. Uh, and, and they're worried and they're, they're nervous. And, and that's understandable, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you know, you can understand that. Um, and they're worried about what their family and friends and everybody are going to think. And I want to tell you about my friend who uh, came out to me about maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he was a coworker, and I used to work after him all the time, and we'd just hang out and chat because I would get there early, and he'd right. have to wait for the for his bus afterwards. So we'd have like an hour, hour and a half to sit there and just chat. And um, so one day he comes up to me and he says, uh, "Hey, yeah, so I, you know, I, I went on a date uh, last weekend. His name was William." And I said, "You know, it took me a second because I had to process this. I didn't, I didn't expect this." So I said, "His name was William. Is that what you said?" He said. So yeah, okay, that's that's awesome, man. We just had like you know normal conversation of you know about how how the date go, you know, like yeah, um, you know, I wasn't judging him. I was just like not expecting it. So I was like, okay, give me a second. Let me just make sure I heard what you said, you know. <laughs> um, now my friend, he has a very religious mother, very very Catholic. Um, she's older. She's in like her late seventies, early eighties, something like that. Wow. Um, and so he was very nervous about coming out to her. Uh, and he was also very nervous about coming out to our boss. Um, and actually, he, he came out to his mother first, and she was, like, thrilled. She was ecstatic. She was happy. She met his boyfriend and, uh, you know, accepted them, and, um, you know, which was, you know, unexpected from an old Catholic woman. 
Right, right. Uh, and then he was worried about what what uh, our boss would think. Mm-hmm. And I left way before our boss left. Um, our boss ended up buying a place down south, and um, and moving down south. So you know, I but I was already gone. I was already off doing my voiceover stuff. Um, and so uh, you know, my my friend uh, finally, when the boss was selling the place and he was going to move, he says. You know, my friend came out to him and said, listen, you know, I just want to, you know, let you know, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm gay and, you know, I have a boyfriend. His name's Jay. And um, I wasn't going to mention names. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, um, so, you know, and the boss is like, OK, cool. You guys, <laughs> you guys want to come uh, move and work at my new property? Both of you? <laughs> he gave them both jobs. That's awesome. Nobody's fucking talking to you, Google. Google. I gotta put that thing on mute when we're doing the show or something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but 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 uh, my point being that you know everybody that he was afraid to come out to was very accepting of him and and his boyfriend and uh, you know made uh, you know just um, you know treated him no differently than you know any other time that they would have treated him uh, you know before before he came out you know so mm-hmm. um, you know if you're if you're out there and it's Pride Week and you guys are maybe afraid to uh, come out to your friends, family, whatever, um, you know, you never know who's going to be supportive. So just, you know, go for it and do it. And that's going to be a huge weight off your shoulders, first of all. Yeah. Um, and second of all, if your family and friends and whatever, uh, you know, if they don't accept you, fuck them. We're your family now. Yeah. So uh, we're your family and friends now. So, um, and that also goes with if people are... Uh, unfriending you over being supportive of Black Lives Matter or being Antifa or anything like that, we got your back. We're your friends now. Yep. Fuck them. Okay, so uh, you know, <laughs> just that's that's where we're at right now. We're, we're yeah. We we love you all. All of you. All of you. We're not getting. We got comments over here, but they're not going over to the multi streams. Let oh. me hit refresh, and I don't know. We're, we we got tons of comments here. Jasmine was looking for Laura, and Laura's <laughs> looking for Laura, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Laura signed a waiver to watch the show. I don't know why the boss needed to know. <laughs> you know, I that confused me too, but maybe he felt close enough to the boss I, that he thought, you know, he should know. I think, uh, well, I think that's it. And I think maybe he was just a little nervous about it. You know, our boss is, um, you know, I, I don't want to call him racist, but he's, uh, you know, he, he does stereotype certain groups of individuals. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't want to call him racist because he's, you know, he wouldn't like refuse anybody or anything like that. You know what I mean? But he's kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, he, he stereotypes people. And, I, I, you know, he doesn't do it out of like prejudice or hatred or anything. It's just that's what his brain goes to. People you know? and categorize that, things. And, it, and that, us, it helps us understand things. Exactly. Is she really repeating this or is it? No, she said it once and it's just popping up in the multi-stream several times. Oh. I don't know what's going on with this multi-stream. We're trying to. Maybe we shouldn't look keep... at the multi-stream. Well, I want to see if anybody on Facebook is saying anything. No one's I... watching on Facebook. How do you know that? I just do. I don't know. <laughs> Let me refresh this and see if maybe that helps. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Anyway. But but yeah, so, you know, I think that was just kind of like he was a little nervous to come out to the boss. And like I said, the boss was just like. Oh, cool! You guys want to move to you guys want to move down south with me and uh, you know work work at the work at my new place. That's awesome. And he put them up rent free. Like he's you know yeah. they're they're just you know until they're able to get on their feet, get their own apartment well, or that whatever. Kind of couldn't have gone better, huh? Yeah, no. That, that went, maybe it's that a good well. thing that he had that conversation with your boss. Yeah. Maybe well, I mean, that wouldn't have happened the way it did. Uh, 
maybe I would think that the boss would have been like, oh, yeah, no, you, yeah, you want to come work for me? I would think he would still do that. Yeah, but, so. I mean, his boyfriend wouldn't have had the offer. Right. You know? Was the postman told what? <laughs> I don't know why we're getting repeat messages. It's weird. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so that's, I, I don't know. If, well, I, I don't know if he told his postman. I don't think the postman was important <laughs> enough to the story. Um, but anyway, but seriously, like, like, you know, if you're afraid to come out, like, you know, he was worried to come out to certain people and, you know, they were all very accepting of him. And I, I would hope for all of you, uh, who are out there watching, who may be, uh, in a similar situation where you've, you know, slowly started to come out to friends and you're still worried about telling your parents, worried about telling your family, your, you know, bosses or whatever, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, it's, um, you know, don't be just kind of go for it. And yeah. the worst that's going to happen if is they love you. They love you. It doesn't and, and the, and make the, it and the worst, different. The worst that's going to happen is you get new parents. Us. us. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just so you know, we're really cool parents. I'm having Jasmine over tomorrow. Yeah. And I have a doctor gonna, appointment. So she's going to have to sit in the studio and listen to Paramore with her father. Oh, uh, we're going to listen to uh, Elvis sings the wonderful world of Christmas. <laughs> But we're going to do that, like, not while you're doing therapy. We're going to do that, like, all together as a family. Okay. Well, I was thinking that when she gets here, we should, you know, because she has to dress in a Halloween costume. Right. Um, Jasmine has to dress in a Halloween costume when she comes over or she's grounded. Um, we're going to dress in our Christmas elf costumes. <laughs> I told her, so Jasmine's like, absolutely fucking lutely not we're, we're, we're not listening to Elvis. And I said... I said, well, no, it's perfect because Karina hates Elvis and you hate Christmas. And I like both of those things. <laughs> so and I was, I spent the morning today. I was, I bought some, uh, poly bags for my, uh, put my records, like internal sleeves for the records. Mm -hmm. So they're like paper and with, you know, the poly line, poly liner inside. Yeah. Um, so they're sturdy, but they're safe. You know, they're not going to scratch up the record or anything. So I, I um, spent the morning putting those in and I tweeted about it. And Kevin goes, um, it, Kevin says, well, you know, that doesn't happen with cassettes. So I sent him a picture of a bunch of pencils. <laughs> and I said, I got your, I, I got your cassette problems taken care of right here. You're so proud of that. <laughs> oh, I was on a roll today. I, I, I really was. And now we're on the, now we're on the air. So what the fuck am I going to say? <laughs> I got all my clever shit out of the way earlier, I guess. It was I don't all know. just for, just for Kevin. It was all for Kevin and uh, Kevin and uh, Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, so Brian, uh, the other day I, I, I posted that I'm not allowed to buy vinyl for like a week. Yeah. So much okay. for that. So I, because, well, because I bought like 25 fucking vinyl over the course of the week or whatever. So, um, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Just, just it's focus weird. on the podcast. Fine, fine, Don't focus fine. on the chat. Fine, fine, fine. Anyway, so, um, so the other day, and, and this is before I made this rule that I, I shouldn't buy vinyl for a week, right? Um, I was trying to buy Green Day's Father of All. Uh huh. I don't want it. <laughs> I probably won't listen to it. But it was only six bucks. So I'm just like, well, you know. Why not? I'll buy it. I had already bought like 19 vinyl from uh, Re Revolver right. the day after they Both opened. Both revolvers. Both revolvers, yeah. Well, total 19 vinyl between the two locations. Uh, spent like 230 bucks. <sighs> then, well, okay, so so this is how I acquired all these vinyls. I bought 19 from the two revolver locations, 
And then I traded a Guns N' Roses vinyl for Prophets of Rage and a Beatles record. Uh-huh. And the Beatles record was like beat the fuck up, but you know, that's it is what it is. The first record played fine. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin just now got here. He missed my whole uh, my whole spiel about uh, you know people coming out. Aw, he'll have to listen he's, later. He's gonna have to watch this again later anyway. Um, but so you know, um, so that was, uh, and then I bought like three more, and I bought Father of All, uh, and I bought the Art Alexicus solo album. That's the singer of Everclear for those of you that don't know. And I bought uh, the first System of a Down record. Yeah. And that's when I was, that's when I said, okay, nobody let me buy any more vinyl for a week. A week. Okay, so um, I get the email saying that we don't have this Green Day record. We're sorry, we're going to have to cancel that on you, but everything else is coming. Mm-hmm. Everything, and the rest of it came today, so I'm very happy about that. I get to listen to System of a Down before the show. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Brian, uh, you know, I found the Green Day record on Amazon for the same price, so I sent it to Brian, and Brian's like, Oh, you know, I'll pick it up for that price. Like, okay, cool. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying any more vinyl. <laughs> and um, so that night, Brian's like, oh, hey, look, there's there's this limited 750 pressing Pretty Reckless vinyl. Like, not buying it. <laughs> I'm getting the album when it comes out on vinyl, I, so I'm not going to buy the single. And I'm proud of you. I'm not going to do that. So, um so then Brian finally, Brian gets his copy of Father of All. And Brian's like, well, uh, you know, hey, look, look what I finally got. Like, oh, that's cool, you know. And then uh, yesterday, we're, I'm scrolling through Instagram stories. Metallica's been doing this tournament of all their songs. So I'm voting in the tournament. And then it's like, scroll up for our Father's Day sale. I'm like, well, shit, you know, maybe I could get a shirt or something, you know. Scrolled up and I found a patch. And patch was like five bucks. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to put it on my vest. But the shipping was five bucks, right? So, of course, <laughs> I got to buy something else to justify it. Right. And I said, Karina, can I buy a vinyl? Karina says yes. And so I, I bought a Metallica vinyl uh, from Metallica's website. And then Brian starts messaging me, and he says, man, you know, I'm really digging this first side of this, for, of this Green Day record. I'm like, man, you know, for six bucks... Like, even if I hate it, it's only six bucks. I said, Karina, can I buy a, can I, can I buy this Green Day record? Am I allowed to buy this Green Day record? And she says, buy me a toilet seat first. (laughs) And then we'll talk about you buying a vinyl. So I had to, uh, so I went and I measured the toilet seat and I went and I ordered a toilet seat and I ordered the record. And what else did I order? A bidet. I bought a bidet. <laughs> that Kevin's influence. Yeah, thanks, I bought a Kevin. bidet. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I had previously had the bidet like, you know, pulled up on the screen like, you know, one of these days I'm just gonna pull the trigger on this. <laughs> and then like the uh, the pandemic hit, and everybody was like buying up all the toilet paper and apparently right. buying up all the bidets because I couldn't find that either. <laughs> um. So today when you, when you were like, we need a new, let's get a new toilet seat. <laughs> These are the things that impress me. I'm like, well, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's buy a bidet while we're at it. <laughs> so I got, Kevin says bidets are where it's at. <laughs> um, so I, I bought a Green Day vinyl and a toilet seat and a bidet. Yeah. That's, that's a normal shopping day on Amazon, isn't it? It is for this household. <laughs> I've spent 
so much money on my vinyl collection over the past four or five days. How <laughs> Just, much do you think your vinyl collection is worth? I could tell you how much my vinyl collection tell is worth. Tell me how much your vinyl collection is uh, worth. Let's see. Let's pull up Discogs. Discogs. And go to Collection. And I have 107 records. This wow. is not counting any of the ones that haven't gotten here yet. Uh-huh. Uh, 1,000, minimum value, $1,022.98. And that's actually not counting two of the records. Oh. Because I have a bootleg Metallica record um, that you can't sell on Discogs. Mm-hmm. So there's no value to it on Discogs. And also the Ramones Live in Buffalo I can't sell on, you can't sell on Discogs because it's an unofficial release. Oh. But I bought it legally at at the record store, so yeah. it's on Revolver, not me. <laughs> I, uh, man, it was so nice to go. Bidets seem to be in fashion right now. This is what you get when Biden is in the headlines for no one has to, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, um, but, you know, I, Brian and I went to Revolver, and I just had a stack of cash that was just piling up. As the pandemic was going on, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not buying anything with cash. And you keep saying, like, hey, I have cash. Can I give you money for PayPal? Yep. And so I, you give me cash. I PayPal you money so you could order stuff online. And I'm just like, you know, pull out this wad of cash. Count it. It's 210 bucks. I'm like, well, this is what I'm spending on vinyl. I honestly didn't think you were going to spend the whole thing on vinyl. And then you go over budget. I texted you as soon as I went over budget. <laughs> That was the first thing. Like, as soon as I left the store, Brian went to use the ATM across the street. To get more money? Um, no, he, he had some other stuff he had to do oh. um, afterwards. So he uh, he was going to get some money out. And I'm standing outside the bank, holding his vinyl, holding my vinyl, texting oh you. Oh, my goodness. Texting you, like, hey, uh, I kind of went over budget, but I got I went over budget by buying the Beatles rubber sole. Yeah, I wasn't mad. And you were okay with that, and you've yeah. been uh, enabling me all, all week to buy more. Um, yeah. We still, I still have like two that are still on the way. Three, actually. <coughs> um, so I, I might have talked about this last week. I bought a Beatles record from a guy on Discogs, mm-hmm. and he sent it out the next day. And then it, you know, like three days later, the tracking updated to say that it's in transit. But then it never got here. It was supposed to get here on like the third, which was like two weeks ago today. Oh my goodness, you're right. Um, actually, I think it was the day before. Actually, Tuesday. Uh, the second. So waiting on this record and just, there's no tracking update. It just stayed at, you know, updating, uh, you know, it's, it's on its way to the destination. And that was the last update. It was from May 31st. So this guy, um, you know, so I reached out to the post office and the post office is like, well, you know, COVID-19 and it's, uh, you know, it hasn't gotten to where it hasn't gotten to its destination yet. Cases marked resolved. Yeah, the cases marked resolved when you literally told me stuff I already know. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I got a supervisor's phone number. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to eventually call. I, I might call this guy. I might give it a couple of days and I'll call this guy. Uh, so the guy that I bought the record from, he actually goes on. Um, he actually messaged me on Discogs and he said, listen, man, uh, you know, I, I don't you know, I know your record hasn't gotten to you yet. I did bring it to the post office with, along with like four other records that had to go out and they all had the same status. So I went to the post office to find out what was going on and they basically told me, uh, you know, delays with COVID-19 and that they haven't gotten to the destination yet. <laughs> so basically what I already know. 
I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what they told me. He said, well, you know, I contacted a supervisor. I'm waiting for a call back and I'll let you know how it goes. So later that night, it finally updated. It never left St. Louis. <laughs> it was just tucked in a corner somewhere in, in the post office in St. Louis. Like yeah, nobody ever bothered to actually put them on a truck anywhere. Yeah. Um, so finally, this record is now, it left St. Louis like a couple of days ago. Right. So I don't know when it's getting here. They don't have an estimated date, but it's, it's finally going to get here. This, this Beatles record I bought. Um, I'm also waiting on the first Masked Intruder record. I'm so excited. Um, mostly because I was sitting here listening to uh, Masked Intruder 3, and I'm just like, man, you know, I really like this band, and I really like the song uh, Stick em Up. Or Stick I, em uh, Up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and that, I got to get the record that that's on. So I found a guy on Discogs that had it for like 15 bucks and shipping. So it's like, all right, well, you know, let me... Uh, let me deliver. Let me let me order this. So I got that coming, and also the Metallica record I ordered uh, a couple right. of days ago, and also the, now the Green Day vinyl that so I ordered four. today. So I got four out that I'm waiting on. So that's gonna bring you up to 111. 111, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I, I, my collection is growing. I even uh, part of my trade for that Guns N' Roses record was I got another uh, milk crate right. to put my records right. in. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm running out of room here. <laughs> so yeah you know but uh yeah so it's been uh i've been spending money and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the camera's on a new mount this week too <laughs> which is weird because now it's like tilted but that's yeah we'll figure it the, out well, that's besides the point we'll fix it is anyone getting seasick yet are you guys seasick in the chat <laughs> what if we move our chairs like this like we're on a boat <laughs> yeah. So Laura is trying to convince <laughs> you. Just made me like go knee first into my mic stand. I'm but, sorry. Um, so Laura is trying to convince everybody that I am the author of a book called uh, <laughs> uh, what, what was it? Uh, Beat erectile dysfunction in three steps, three easy steps, or something like that. Something like that. And I keep telling her it's not me. <laughs> I know. I know. My buddy G has tried premature to convince ejaculation. Her, premature ejaculation. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I know my buddy G is trying to convince her that I'm... So... So this is the part that really upsets Joe, is the font for his name that's being used. Oh, I mean, come on. Everybody knows I'm the Menix Stens guy, so... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I thought only I knew. No, everybody knows I'm the Menix Stens guy. Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I I do ED voiceovers like every once in a great while. I think yeah. I did one just like two days ago, and I'm just like, oh, yeah? hey, hey, look, another one. And every time I do one, I just think of the uh, Simpsons episode with Tony Hawk, where um, you know they're they're like, uh, you know, they give Homer an advertising deal, and they're like, oh, it's it's the jug for bald impotent men, and he's like, well, I am bald and important. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's not believing that you didn't write that. Uh, it's not me. I don't know. I mean, maybe I got to get this other Joe Kent on the line here and get him. Right. Get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that for next we'll, week. We'll figure that one out. We got to, but this week we already have a guest. We yeah. have uh, Sarah Hartman, a former yes. police officer, and she's going to be answering some uh, viewer questions that we've, yep. we've got uh, 
right here in front of us. I'm hoping we get through all the questions, but Hopefully. we, uh, you know, have limited time. So yeah, we got a format to stick to. We're going to so. do what we can yeah. get to all your questions. Yeah. So hopefully we can uh, get some answers here. Cause I know a lot of people are very interested in this segment because we're trying to, uh, determine, um, you know, uh, why, you know, what, what the good qualities of having a police force and a well-funded police mm -hmm. force are. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I personally can't see any, <laughs> right. mostly because cops have never helped me in my entire life. And also, uh, you know, because I really do feel like that money could go to other things that would be more beneficial. Like why, why can it, why does the police force need Lamborghinis when teachers got to buy their own shit? That's true. That's true. And, so. um, Sarah and I actually last night we went over the questions because I some of it was really a little over my head and mm -hmm. I just it's not that I'm ignorant I'm just underinformed about some things so I you know did a little bit of research and Sarah and I talked we went over the questions um and she was saying that having some of the the youth having some social programs might be helpful because that's where the crime is starting and then they're growing up in a life of crime. So, you know, she's got, she's got a unique perspective that, you know, not all of us are going to see eye to eye with, but, you know, keep an open mind and just know that she means no disrespect. And I mean, I know she's not going to come across that way cause she's freaking awesome. Um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to chatting with Sarah. Yeah. She's always interesting. She's kind of full of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've met her maybe once, I think. Like yeah, she was you met at her a, at um, May the 4th. That's what it was. I knew, yeah, because that was the night I uh, played with XM Priory. Yes, it was. So, that yeah. was such a wonderful day. Yeah. And that she came from Nashville to come to a Stamps. You know, that was awesome. You know, all the people that came and then she was like the icing on the cake. So that was great. It was a nice, uh, it was a nice party that they threw for you yeah. specifically for you. And, uh, I got to be a major part of it playing in two of the bands that night, <laughs> uh, which eventually led to the living brain dead becoming a thing. So, yeah, you know, that was, uh, that was great. I, I miss the living brain dead. I miss you guys. I really do trying to get these new t-shirts i gotta I got contact some t-shirt companies tomorrow and see if we can get somebody yeah. to actually like print these properly t-shirts are so cool um yeah we're uh we're trying to uh get some new t-shirts up for friday because on friday uh Bandcamp is donating all the fees that they would normally collect to the uh naacp i'm gonna say the right organization this time <laughs> naacp uh the the uh they're well basically their legal fund yeah um so that's going to be, uh, you know, that, that's going to be cool. And so we wanted to kind of try and do something nice, uh, you know, have some new merch up for that particular day. Yeah, that would be really uh, cool. Unfortunately, my proof of concept uh, proved not to be so great. So <laughs> uh, we're going to maybe try and outsource this to somebody or possibly, possibly change the front of the shirt. Yeah. The back of the shirt came out fine, but the rest of it has got to be like, maybe redone or just get somebody uh, somebody to actually do it. But the problem is it's a three-color front and back shirt. Oh, it's going to be a little pricier than the uh, $10 black and white. 
I don't mention the band as often as Laura says the other stuff that's uh, got triggers on here. So <laughs> that's that's why there's not a take a shot prompt every time I mention the band. That, now I'm in control of everything that happens. White line. Laura's on the white line. We're not even on a song yet. Yeah. <laughs> Laura said white line. Drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Water. So, but. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, and, and also, if you haven't, uh, check out the Stamps the Bar Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they have any of these left. They actually were debating on Debating on getting a, getting a third order of these. That's amazing. Third order. And these are, um, you know, these are here for, uh, you know, to help offset some of the costs during the pandemic of them not being open. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it, it was... Uh, you know, as soon as it was presented to me, it's like, yes, I will buy in to get our name on the back. Uh, and also uh, the Think So Joe show logo is actually on the back of these two. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Scott Leffler actually paid for that. Oh, thank you, Scott. Uh, but we ended up ordering like six shirts too. Right. Uh, for the two of us and then mm-hmm. the band and then their, you know, girlfriends or whatever. So um, yours is right in this bag behind me, dude. He's got it. Yeah, it's it's literally right there. It's It's by the window. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, we ended up buying a bunch and hoping, hoping to uh, kind of, you know, help our friends out at Stamps, help Jen yeah. and Chuck, and keep everything, keep the doors open, and keep live music going once all this is over and we can get back out and playing and uh, yeah. doing all that fun shit. So uh, hopefully soon, we we've, we've got a date booked, August 29th with uh, Michael, uh, Michael Graves of the Misfits. Oh. Um, and that's uh, that's gonna be an acoustic performance. Oh, that's gonna be so cool. That's gonna be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Our first show back, and we're not plugged in. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so what do we have here? Uh, this is NoFac three. Is that how you say NoFac that? NoFac three lo-fi. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, you know his his Facebook page just says NoFac three, but his his. Google Music thing says oh. no fact three lo- lo-fi. So oh. I don't know. And then the other, the next band we're playing also just has not the next band, but the band after that has multiple, multiple, multiple names artists that that we can call it's them. A collaboration. So, yes, it is a collaboration. Yes. So um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's about that time. About that time. And uh, this is no fact three. Uh, this song is called The World Outside on All WNY. Think So Joe Show. You ready? Hmm. You kidding? I was born ready. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but we have a little bit of a problem. Not what? The minister just told me that it's tradition for the bestest mensch to be older than the crew. Oh, come on. I've never heard of such a thing. I haven't heard of it, obviously. But I'm out.
Fact three lo-fi on all WNY I think so Joe show. And we'd like to welcome our all WNY <laughs> listeners. Joe forgot a button. Thanks, two bu- Mom. Two buttons. So now I gotta wait for the show to actually go on to YouTube so I can <laughs> so I can download the audio. <laughs> it's gonna be up for streaming a little later than usual. Yeah, well, I I mean, you know, there was that one time a couple of weeks ago where I had trouble and I where it just wouldn't let me fucking download it. Yeah. Um so you know, until like, you know, two, three hours later. So hopefully that doesn't happen again this week. Hopefully oh, yeah. it'll just be there and I can just download the audio straight from it. All right. But um, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, that was from NoFac 3 Lo-Fi's new album, The World Outside, the same title as the single. And that was just released. And we're going to talk about some other things that were just released um, a little bit later in the show. Um, there's quite a bit of music that was released this week, which is really exciting and promising because it means when we start having live shows again, there's going to be a lot of new music for us to catch up on. By the way, our studio is currently covered in confetti. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> uh, I just got a new, uh, I, I just got the new Dreadneck CP today. And, uh, <laughs> as soon as I pull it out, there's confetti flying everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> At least it was in the studio and not somewhere that I have to clean. How you doing? Good. Sorry, I was in an elevator. That's okay. We don't want you stuck in an elevator. Yeah, I had to get to a spot that was a little bit better. Um, They're blasting music at our pool, and (laughs) so it can be very loud. 
I hear you. How, how are you? Great, great. I'm excited to uh, talk to you about, you know, these questions and uh, for our listeners sure. and viewers to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. You know, and just for them to keep in mind that this is just my experience. Everybody's feelings are valid. They're their feelings. Everyone's entitled to it. Um, I was listening in a little bit, hearing Joe's experience, and I too have, you know, had my my run in with that side of the law. Um, so that was prior to becoming a police officer, and um, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was more so, you know, I could get in and I could make a change in in a lot of of how people police and discretion you know I'm a I think I'm a pretty great person <laughs> I think you're pretty great so um I loved I loved what I did I actually have been through two police academies one in Wake County Raleigh North Carolina and one here in Nashville Tennessee um so I've got about 12 years experience law enforcement and so I understand you guys have some questions maybe I can add a little bit of um light to their to their aha moments. Yeah. Maybe. All right. <laughs> We're going to start with Cam's questions. Um, sure. He wanted to know what was your most rewarding experience while working in the force? Sure. Um, it actually is speaks volumes to today's uh, issues with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so it was the time I saw death and then birth all in the same shift. And what's interesting is the death call was a person not breathing. I responded to that. And of course, everyone was frantic. And it was a 450 pound black man. And he was um, turning purple on the couch. So I reacted. Of course, I'm going to do something. I'm going to try to save him. And so I had someone help me pull him onto the floor to, to begin CPR compressions. And a crack pipe rolled out of his pocket. And yeah rolled and hit his daughter in the foot. Um, and she kind of looked at me after we looked at the crack pipe and I just kept going. Yeah. Um, I began CPR and at that time EMS came in and took over. Um, he did not make it. He did not survive. Uh, they said that there was not even a chance, but it's always our mission to try. Right. So, um, I was finishing up the report and the daughter came to me and was like, you know, why did you try to save him? He was a crack addict. You, you saw the crack pipe, right? And I said, yeah, but that didn't matter. His life mattered. Yeah. Of course I was going to try. Um, and that's, that's where my heart is. And she just broke down in tears and was like, thank you. Thank you so much for trying. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't, he didn't make, he didn't make it, but it was, it was the fact that I tried. Yeah. And she acknowledged that, and it was a really beautiful moment. Well, later that shift, it was an early morning call. It was a 911 hang-up and a woman screaming. Minutes later, I was probably about 30 seconds away from being there. I got told to disregard because it was a medical call. There was a woman in labor. Um, so I decided to continue on because I knew I was the closest first responder. Um, I could maybe assist. So I get there and this woman is, it's a black woman and she is on all fours and she is ready to give birth. <laughs> she is, she is ready. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what do I do? You know, I'm seeing her crowning and I'm seeing this little head coming into the world. And I'm like, 
you know, there's little kids running around getting towels and helping frantic father. And the woman is coaching me. She's like, we've got to flip me over and get this baby out. And I'm like, okay. So we get pillows and, you know, and I'm preparing, I glove up and sterilize and I'm preparing to bring a life into the world after I had just witnessed a death. And I've got the child's head coming into the world and EMS came in again, like graciously <laughs> save the day and that baby slipped right into her arms and it was just this, this gracious moment of of beauty and love and life and and I just remember that shift that night specifically because it 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 just was so beautiful to see death and then life all in one shift and you know we we carry a lot of those those burdens of seeing a lot of things as law enforcement and I guess there's probably not enough mental health support for officers that go through and are exposed to certain things, um, which could also lead to corruption, lead to them um, acting out or abusing their power. Um, They need mental health. So taking care of them in that aspect, maybe officers themselves, um, I think that would be my best experience. But what what do you got? What's next? (laughs) <laughs> what was what was the worst abuse of power that you witnessed? So I was one of the few that was casted out as the person that wasn't allowed to be in the boys, the good old boys club. So yeah. you always knew about them doing shady things or there being some kind of corruption. But I wasn't the person that they were going to allow to know that because they knew I wouldn't stand for it. They right. knew that I would report it or I, w- I wasn't going to be about it. So I was kind of blacklisted from that, um, which leads to a whole other, you know, issues and promotions and getting overlooked for, you know, certain assignments that I put in for. So if you're not part of the club, you really don't get to know. Yeah. I so mean, it's that hard for me to say. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, I myself, the only abuse of power that I think that I've ever would be turning my red lights and siren on when I have to really, really use the restroom you to know get what? through a that light. Is an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you that I have held my, my, you know, I have held my urine for over 12 hours. Oh on goodness. shift and it's very uncomfortable yeah. and probably not safe so no i would say that that would be the most <laughs> that i have ever done myself <laughs> well, um which is strong but right. in in the, the the scheme of things i've gone lights and sirens to call to call to call and yeah. never gotten to stop and eat or process and yeah. it's a very fast-paced adrenaline type career so what awesome. else all right. What Absolutely. changes? What changes do you believe should be made to policing? Well, for me, my experience would be the people that are holding the highest positions of authority, like the commanders in chief and lieutenants. Um, a lot of them have the old way of life and accept racism as oh, that's just how it is, um, especially here in the south. which is just not acceptable. Um, Those people, they're not willing to change. Their their hearts are angry and hateful. And those people don't don't have any business 
holding power of authority. I would say that we need a reform in the structure. They're not mandated a lot of times to retire. Right. So they hold these positions for years, you know, and it's, it's like, it just becomes like a stalemate mm-hmm. for people, good people that could come in and make change and recognize that, okay, yes, these aren't acceptable, but they can't get in those high positions to make the changes happen. Right. Um, Cause those seats are taken. So yeah. I would say the reform to happen. Cool. For sure. Cool. All right, here's a little bit longer one. Do you believe the concept of having different highly trained public safety specialized responders, such as negotiators, mental health specialists, and et cetera, would be a viable solution as part of the future for police? I would say that those already exist as um, tools and avenues that police use. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all circumstantial. but a lot of people aren't aware that the police have to clear a scene and make it safe before the first responders such as EMS and fire will actually come. So if there's an emergency call and there's somebody supposedly stabbed or shot or anything like that involving some sort of um, crime or violence, I would say they sit two blocks away and wait for the police to to say that the scene is safe. Mm So to find people willing to go and respond to those in the manner that the police do in the fact that they do arrive to make sure the scene is safe, mm-hmm. um, it's just going to be difficult. You know, like if a person calls 911 because their husband is beating them, I, you know, please hold. You have We have a social worker on the way. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me what the social worker will do to cause to, to prevent this person from further bodily injury. Yeah. Are they willing to put themselves in the harm's way? Mm-hmm. You know, because me as a police officer, I was willing. I would set my things up specifically so that it wouldn't be difficult for my family to collect my belongings if I were not to come home mm-hmm. because that was a real possibility for right. me in the position that I, that I took. So yeah, I would say, I hope that, that in a yeah. roundabout way kind of answered it. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, Cam also wants to know, why did you turn in your badge? Um, for me, I had medical issues start to arise um, that started to take a toll on how I performed my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't safe. It, were, it was debilitating pain. And I just have other avenues. There's other plans for me. Right. I loved it. Um, but yeah, it's just, something circumstance that I'm rolling with. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. I hear you, babe. All right. Yeah. I know you can relate. (laughs) All right. Um, Josiah wants to know, have you ever witnessed any abuses of power by other cops that you worked with? And how did you handle that? You touched on that briefly. If you want to touch on it again. Yeah, it's really, um, they wouldn't allow me to see because they knew I had integrity and they knew that I didn't stand for corruption Mm -hmm. and that's not what I was about. So if it was happening, it, I was unaware Mm -hmm. and purposefully made unaware because of that reason. Um, I was blacklisted essentially from their good old boys club, you know, and it's just, that's just the type of officer I was. I wasn't going to, 
get involved in their corruption. And if I had anything, I would report it. Yeah. But I just don't have any solid ground on anyone, um, unfortunately. But absolutely, I've heard stories and very, very reliable stories of of corruption and, you know, pocketing money on drug busts and things. Um, Mm. But it always has a way of coming back to that person. So Now, if you were to, uh, you know, have witnessed any kind of corruption or any kind of, you know, illegal activity among the, uh, as you say, the good old boys club, uh, is there any fear of, of, of repercussion if you were to report it? There is, but it would be worth it um, because it's tarnishing the badge and tarnishing something that I swore an oath. Uh, to me, I take that personally. So absolutely. Would I be blacklisted further? Absolutely. But that was the struggle as a woman in law enforcement, period, constantly on a daily trying to prove myself worthy that I can do a man's job, you know, because then you get into the you get into the chauvinistic, you know, this is a man's career, a man's Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And for me, I graduated 13 out of 80 people, top 13. So. That's awesome. I believe I was the number one woman graduating. Awesome. So that was for Metro's Academy. So that for me was proving to myself that I can do a man's job um, and probably do it better. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that you could probably do it better than most people because your heart is in it, you know, and yeah, some and it, people it, are in it for the wrong reasons. 100% in it for the wrong reasons. You know, they were bullied in high school and now they've got some power. And, you know, power is infinite unless it's interrupted by another force. Mm-hmm. And to me, that force is the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that this really can cause a lot of change to actually happen yeah. um, for the world. Mm-hmm. The whole world, um, but mainly us here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears just a little bit and uh, take a question from an anonymous. Uh, they asked, have you ever dealt with sexual harassment at work or have you seen and heard of other coworkers going through such a thing? She was also she also worked in a male dominated field and has done so for five years. She's witnessed a lot of problematic behavior, including schoolyard-level bullying and sexual harassment. There is a deeply ingrained culture of toxic masculinity in her industry. Uh, she is wondering if it's a similar atmosphere being a police officer. I'd say yes, um, most definitely, but it kind of plays along with the good old boys club. They knew I wouldn't stand for it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I it wasn't really a recipient necessarily of it um, because if it had been and I'd been uncomfortable in that position, I would have reported it. Mm-hmm. To me, it's unacceptable for someone, you know, of that character to be representing the same thing that I'm representing. Right. You know, so yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, no, that's not what we're about, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that would too get me blacklisted because you suffer a lot of 
repercussions from reporting those things. Yeah. And it's little things that you can't really do anything about, such as you don't get the promotion because you reported your sergeant sexually harassing you. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you don't get the new car. You get the old yeah. beat-up one where nothing works. They do something wrong, and you get punished for it. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. that's disgusting. Um, and it's a protection of that entire club and group. So absolutely there needs to be reform and restructure and they need to weed these people out that are in these positions of authority that are making these, these little clubs and protecting them. Um, now I know a lot of agencies, you know, operate differently, but we have standards. Um, you know, we talked about use of force yesterday and there are use of force. Um, there is a use of force continuum, you, you know, but you always want to one up your suspect. You always want to one up, Yeah. you know, they come at you with a knife. I'm, I'm going to come at you with a gun. So I'm going to one up you, um, because if it's me or them, it's going to be me all day. Right. I am not the aggressor and people write their own stories. So I would say that, yes. Sexual harassment does happen, um, but I, I wouldn't stand for it, so they just wouldn't do it. They would just wouldn't for do it while fear, you were looking. Yeah, yeah cool. for fear of, that it would be reported. They knew that I had integrity, so, yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Um, we're going to switch back to uh, a question about defunding. Um, sure. I, this question is from Jennifer Ackert Williams. What specifically do you not support with regard to police defunding police? Is it restructuring of the police reallocation of funds within the departments or reallocation of funds to supportive organizations within the community in an effort to alleviate the burden of police response to issues that may not be appropriate in the scope of their duties? So I guess this is kind of similar to that longer question that Cam asked. Yeah, and that we we touched on a little bit about, you know, how social workers are not going to be the first responder. They're not going to show up when you're getting stabbed. Right. Um, That's just, you know, and if they are, then by God, sign up some social workers to to be first responders. Yeah. Um, But a lot of times people don't get into social work to do that sort of thing. Right. but absolutely, I think funding needs to be uh, to, to be put and reallocated to the appropriate areas, getting these officers better training so they don't react. You know, reacting without actually thinking things through can cause a situation to go deadly. And, you know, the more training you get, the better you are at, you know, how you react to situations when you're put in those situations. Um, but funding, I think taking it from the police period is, is seems pretty crazy because of knowledge of knowing how, you know, underfunded it is anyway, mm-hmm. at least unbeknownst to the officers who are on the, you know, the lower level, we thought that it was underfunded because we don't have the greatest working equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that definitely redistributing some money into the programs for social community kids 
these juveniles, they start young. They take them when they're young. They're very impressionable. Mm -hmm. And then they get them to do whatever they want. And juveniles are not held to a same standard as an adult. Right. Um, So then they can get away with it a lot easier. Um, I think that maybe interrupting that and helping those programs, but stopping crime as a whole is just not going to happen. You know, you could kumbaya this world, but there's, I've seen evil in this world and it exists and it, it's the things that it, we keep as officers keep from the public eye. So because just because they're frustrated and don't know and see and understand doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? Right. Like somebody that, that hasn't seen a dead body, they don't, it's, they're still allowed to have feelings on, you know, this person's dead body. Mm-hmm. That's their feeling. So it's, it's really, it's a difficult topic because defunding is a really strange word. And I have a hard time with that word. I say I reform. Um, yeah. I heard, I heard Joe talk about Lamborghinis and a lot of times those, <laughs> those vehicles like that, you know, those are drug seizures. Those are, you know, big drug busts okay. where they would, you know, that's drug funded. A lot of times um, they sell them at auction or they turn them into police vehicles. So I never did get a Lamborghini, but <laughs> that's, that's probably because I was blacklisted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that a, a lot of the funding that goes to police can be redistributed into better programs to help people and help communities mm-hmm. and programs for the youth to keep them out of out of the hands of these, these criminals, because there's, there's going to be, there's going to be drugs. There's going to be guns. It's going to be this never ending battle mm-hmm. over power. Right. But let's see if we could just make the world a lot less hateful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for us to play a song. Do you have any uh, closing statements that you want to touch on that we haven't covered? I would just say that everyone, you know, your listeners, I know they're all really great people. Um, you don't really keep bad company <laughs> from our 24 years of, of our friendship of being together. Um, and that love is my religion. I, I love people as a whole. And I, I'm really happy that you gave me this opportunity to, you know, maybe just shed a little bit of light and show you that we're, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> or people. And, you know, I, I do stand with, with Black Lives Matter. I do think that their movement deserves the social justice it changes yeah. um, in this world. So great. Thank you. Thank and you I so love you guys. I love you, you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. I can't wait to see you in August, honey. I oh love you. Oh, my God. I love you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Um, right. It was very informative, I think. I think it was uh, kind of, you know, gives you kind of a different perspective on where funds can be allocated and how uh, things are handled uh, from a police perspective and and whatnot. So um, we're going to get in some music now and uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more when we come back. Uh, But this is Digital Afterlife and this song is called Dark Epiphany on all WNY.
Think So Joe Show. I'm gonna die. 
Digital Afterlife on all WNY Think So Joe show. That was their single, single Dark Epiphany yes. off their upcoming album being released July 1st. Okay. Um, we had some nice comments about Sarah, both in the Facebook and the YouTube. Actually, uh-huh. a friend was asking, uh, first of all, wanted to thank her for, uh, you know, taking the time to do that. And also yeah. uh, had a couple of questions. So I tagged her in the Facebook chat. So hopefully oh, she'll cool. see it and and be able to answer some questions for you. But I appreciate uh, everybody that's listening and stay tuned uh, while we were uh, talking with Sarah and getting her opinions on, uh, you know, the options of uh, defunding or, you know, having social workers handle domestic calls and things like that, which are, which are things that uh, have been talked about. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, maybe something that, you know, somebody like me, for example, wouldn't think about Uh, in in that, you know, if it's violent, what's a, what's a social worker going to do? Yeah. You know. Unless they train social workers in Kung Fu. Well, yeah, I guess. Which, I mean, there's really no reason not to. Yeah. Everybody should know. Yeah. Did you see the, <laughs> the, the thing I posted on Facebook the other day? The guy doing the flip kick, and it was, like, way up at the ceiling. And like, no. Yeah, I posted that. I tagged my buddy Turtle in it because he does Kung Fu. Yeah. I said, I said, until you're able to do this, your Kung Fu means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it definitely uh, was an informative interview, I think. I think she, um, you know, made some good points. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe some stuff to think about for us who are, you know, saying maybe we should look at defunding. And and, and I think uh, defunding, as she mentioned, is probably not the right word for it. Well, as um, I was saying, I took these notes. Do you want me to share some of this stuff that I... Sure. Okay. Um. Well, because I've heard a couple of definitions of defunding and I wasn't sure exactly what that meant you know so I looked it up um it's defunding the police is an American slogan that supports divesting funds from police departments and reallocating them to non-policing forms of public safety and community support such as social services youth services housing education and other community resources Activists who use the phrase may do so with varying intentions. Some seek modest reductions, while others argue for full defunding as a step toward the abolition of contemporary police services. Activists that support the defunding of police departments often argue that investing in community programs could could provide a better crime deterrent for communities. Funds will go directly toward addressing social issues like poverty, homelessness, and mental disorders. I think part of that is what Sarah was getting at, where she mm-hmm. was talking about let's get you know more funding for youth programs and things like that, yep. and get them off the streets and get them into things that will, uh, you know, make them do things other than commit crimes and yeah. and, and get them started early on not Learn committing other crimes. Ways, other ways to get um, through the world. Yeah, I, me personally, I'm very interested to see what happens in Minneapolis because they have, uh, you know, dismantled their they are dismantling Dismant, the police yeah. department and starting from the ground up. 
and trying something new, you know, community led programs and things like that. Mm. So um, I'm, you know, I'm very interested to see, I'm not going to sit here and say, this is going to work. I'd I'd like to actually see that it's going to work. And I've had that conversation. I think it's going to take time. I don't think this is going to be an overnight. No, absolutely not. Um, Police abolitionists call for replacing existing police forces with other systems of public safety, like housing and employment community health, education, and other programs. And both those statements were from Wikipedia. Um, I know it's not the most reliable source, but it gives me a start. But I mean, the thing with Wikipedia is, yes, it's not going to be 100% reliable all the time, but when there are things added to these uh, you know, articles, there are people who will, you know, fact check and they yep. will, and, and they have to add sources. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you, an, if that you, is true. If you don't put a source on a Wikipedia article, Wikipedia is just like, fuck you. That doesn't yeah. count. And I'll tell you what, um, a couple days ago I looked up defunding the police on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and it was a completely different definition. Oh, I'm sure. I, I found this one a lot more useful. Yeah. Um, it's, let, let's see. In USA Today, they said it's clear that our system of policing is not keeping our communities safe. Um, that's said by Council President Lisa Bender. Our efforts at incremental reform have failed, period. So that basically says we do need something to change because the police are not doing what we need the police to do. Um the larger push to defund the police is more about is about more than taking money away. It's a push to reallocate those funds into social programs. So it's not just taking money away from cops. It's yeah. giving money to other programs to supplement the police or for the police to supplement the other programs, whichever way it, it may work. Um, but these these social programs would work with the police mm-hmm. in working towards public safety. Um, so hopefully that clears defunding the police up for one or two of you. So you, you said the 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 person who was uh, made that quote, her name was uh, Lisa Bender. Is that correct? Yes. Do you think her uh, campaign slogan was "Bite my shiny yellow ass, uh, my asshole. shiny metal ass"? <laughs> I keep getting that confused with the uh, kiss my hairy yellow butt from Homer Simpson. I get the, I get those yeah. two mixed up all the time yeah. when I try to quote them. So, <laughs> um, And then we were talking about Minneapolis. Right. So have any U.S. cities begun to defund their police departments? Minneapolis, the city where George Floyd was killed mm-hmm. by police, is poised to redirect police funds to affordable housing solutions for the opioid em- epidemic and other mental health resources. In Los Angeles, city officials said police funding would be cut by $150 million and then redistributed in communities of color, quote, so we can invest in jobs, in health, in education, and in healing, end quote. Um, New York City officials announced that they would begin to divert funds from the NYPD towards social services um, on June 15th, which was just the other day. Mm-hmm. City officials also announced that they are disbanding the special unit of 600 plain clothes cops, which has been involved in the city's most notorious police shootings. And actually, this is a really interesting source. This is Christian Science Monitor. Interesting. I, I had somebody last week 
posts something like 600 plus cops in New York City are quitting and they're putting in the resignation. And the source was something like, um, you know, 911 warehouse or some shit like that. Like it was some website that is like pro police all about cops and like, uh, and, and this is a guy who's criticizing me for posting an opinion piece from Ebony magazine uh. because of its source. Wow. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're you're criticizing who I'm going through? Look who you're fucking going through. And he's like, well, you know, no, it, it's an actual credible thing. And I so I Googled it, right? And the only thing that came up was one website that had 126 ads get blocked. What? So that's reliable, right? <laughs> yeah, my ad blocker said 126. That's how many ads it blocked on this site. And I'm like, that's the only source other than where you're reporting from that's saying the same thing that you're saying. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's too far-fetched, by the way, that this opinion piece on Ebony, which which was researched, by the way, mm-hmm. it's a researched piece uh, where this, this uh, black woman with a distinctly black name Sent in two resumes to all these different jobs, uh, job, uh, you know, job offers, job, uh, you know, opportunities. Sent in two different resumes, one with her name and one with a white sounding name. And guess what? Guess who, sh- you know, the exact same resumes. Guess who gets called? Oh, wow. And so he's trying to, oh, well, yeah, that's a reliable source. Of like, are you trying to tell me that people with ethnic, ethnic or black sounding names... I guess black is an ethnicity, so <laughs> that was redundant. Uh, are you trying to tell me that people with, with black-sounding names or other ethnicities, uh, you know, that aren't strictly, like, you know... Uh, who European-sounding. Who's going to get the job? Is it going to be John Smith or is it going to be Shaniqua Jones? Right. You know, like, who who's who's getting the callback on this? Even with the exact same resume, the white-sounding name is getting calls, and he's, well, look at the source on this. Fuck you. I'm no longer friends with this person on Facebook. I finally defriended him. I'm like, fuck this. I'm sick of this shit. Because he, I comment, I posted something. Uh, it was when the, tra- when the when the trans rights got taken away. Or um, attempted to be taken uh, away. Well, they did. It's, uh, there's, we're talking different things here. So, uh, um, because, because the, uh, the trans protections uh, are for like healthcare and things like that. And then the, but the um, LGBTQ plus, uh, that was upheld by the Supreme Court was for, like, jobs. Oh. Like, if you have a job, you can't get fired for being LGBTQ. Um, but uh, so I posted something, and I said, well, you know, if you believe that all lives matter, right, but you you agree with this decision to take trans uh, transgendered wi- rights away, you're a fucking hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And he commented something like, oh, well, you know, there's still protections for the mentally handicapped, wink. So I deleted his comment and deleted him. Fuck him. Wow. You know, like, like there's, I ain't got time for this fucking hatred. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if you believe all lives matter, then why the fuck are you sitting here like, well, fucking mentally handicapped and that that's what the transgenders fall under. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, like seriously. And, and just like, you know, you can't, you can't sit here and tell me all lives matter. And, and he's not an all lives matter. I've never seen him say all lives matter. I'll give him that. He's just a fucking asshole. But anyway, but you can't sit here and tell me all lives matter. But you want to take away trans rights. You want the you want the football players to stop kneeling. You want them to pe- protest peacefully, but you don't want them to kneel during your special song. And you, you want to fucking, you know, if you want all lives to matter, 
Let's fucking treat all lives like they fucking matter. If you want all lives to matter, let's like make black lives matter. Exactly. It, it, you know, it's ridiculous. You never hear all lives matter after a drone strike. No. <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, though, like you can't sit here and, and espouse all lives matter. And then you're, you know, siding with the police when they shove down a 75 year old man who's just trying to hand him his helmet back. What do you do when you're when you're trying to get somebody's attention and they're like a foot away from you? What do you do? Right. That's what he did. But no, you got fucking Trump now. Like, oh, well, he was trying to block the radio communications using his cell phone. Fuck you. He was holding his cell phone in his hand just like every other person who was there except the cops because their hands were full with guns. If I've got a police helmet in one hand, riot helmet, why the fuck they were wearing riot gear, I don't know. If I've got a riot helmet in one hand and I've got my cell phone in the other hand and I'm trying to get your attention to give you your riot helmet back, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm trying to steal your radio community? Fuck you. Bullshit. (sighs) Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Shall we talk about this week's music releases? Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Kevin, I got your message. It was not him. (laughs) Okay, so um, this is redundant, but Lexi Rain, um, her EP, Guilty, is released on the 20th. Which I don't know is Saturday. That's Saturday. Saturday. Uh, her her video came out this past Saturday for, for the I Don't Want Your Man. We aired, we world premiered last week. Uh, yeah, I Don't Want Your Man. That video came out this past week, and uh, it's it's pretty. There are green screen effects in it, and you could tell they're green screen effects. And then at the end of the video, it's just like, yeah, see, we are shooting on a green screen. So I I spoiled it. I'm sorry. Aww. I'm sorry, Lexi. I ruined it. Uh, no, it's, it's a good it's a it's a fun video though it's a fun song i sat here i checked it out it was a good video i liked it um the great rick horton gave me a lead that invictra was releasing a new single um i couldn't find any information so i don't have a name i don't have a date but if you're into them um keep an eye out you'll be seeing something from them um, earlier in the show, we heard from No Fact Three Lo Fi. Um, the album is "The World Outside," and that was the title of the single that we played, and that was just released um, on June nineteenth, which is Friday. There's going to be a Rust Belt Brigade release. It's going to be two singles: "Roll Call" and "Love Is a House." And I'm super excited about it, but uh, I didn't get a hold of it, so you guys aren't hearing it. Maybe we'll hear it next week. Okay. (laughs) Um, We just heard a little while ago, Digital Afterlife, Dark Epiphany is the single. Their album is coming out July 1st. Um, Scafetta and Jump Scare have just released a single, Tear Up. Or is it tear up? I feel like it's tear up, but they're spelled the same, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, So that was just released. Um, And we're going to be hearing a little bit later on from The Missing Worker. They have um, some new stuff coming out. So, um, yeah, we'll hear that in a little while. Um, We'll also be hearing from The Truth, which is a collaboration of Ellen Peroni and 
There's a lot of people. See, yeah. I was watching um, this it video was, earlier. It was, it was really <laughs> cool. Um, that's going to be coming up in just a little while, and I'm really excited about it because, yeah, it's cool. And the single is called Fascist. Fastest, fastest, fascist. fascist. Okay, so then on Saturday, we also have a release, an EP from Capo 2. It's called Dead End. Um, in April, they released their first EP, which was called Silent Applause. Um, but Saturday, we can look for new music from Capo 2. I do believe that the new Turkey Blaster Omega EP is out. Oh, we yeah. played this track from it. We played the yeah. lead track from it last week, and apparently it's out now. I haven't had a chance to take a listen to it. Oh, but, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I no, I disagree with that statement, Laura. <laughs> um, and as far as live streams this week, on Saturday we have the Wub Affair. We do, and that is a uh, large lineup of dubstep artists it's like 12 hours of music uh that is uh on saturday it starts saturday at 4 p.m and it goes to 4 30 p.m eastern no i don't know i'm confused no, no there's two stages i got it okay <laughs> all right so on the first stage the sorrentco scafetta music stage uh is jump scare canino music angelic doe badly chopper rescue scafetta War Boys, Smiles Music, Koopas, and uh, TBA. At, uh, TBA is my favorite. TBA. They're almost as good as and more. <laughs> uh, and then on the Sorrentco Martrex Music Stage, uh, you have Chemical Arrival, Redub, Gorilla T, J Hunter, DJ AU, Divinity, Martrex, Pandemonium, King Krista, and Life Pattern. And if I messed any of your names up, spell them right. <laughs> um, no, seriously, seriously. No, just send yeah. us a phonetic spelling and we'll get it right next time. Sure. <laughs> That's what I keep telling my clients too, but they did. <laughs> just, anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Psycho Sticks got a thing going on on Father's Day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they've been doing Thursday uh, gigs. Or actually, it might be tomorrow. I don't know. That could be wrong. Uh, anyway, but Psycho Stick's been doing, like, Thursday gigs, and they've been doing them for charity. Um, so, like, half the money goes to the band, and half the money goes to the charity, and, the you know, the money for the band just goes to pay the rent and shit, you know? Like, while well, they're not out touring and playing music and making money. Um, but they've been hilarious, and they've been great, and I've been watching them every once in a great while. I haven't caught all of them, but... You know, if I happen to be in here and it's like, oh, hey, Psycho Stick's about to do a thing, I'll, I'll click on it and check it out. And uh, we're hoping that, uh, you know, maybe if, if once we get back together, if I get a better laptop, we might be able to do something similar to what they're doing um, with the multi-camera angles and shit like that, too. Yeah. Theoretically, we could actually, uh, we could actually do that here because we've actually got two cameras right there. You're right. Um, one is for, like, if we do Zoom calls so the other person can see us and we're not having to get off of the... <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those have been fun to watch. Yeah. I feel like this light needs to be closer to us. I think I moved it back too far when I was. Well, I think that the sun setting coming in. Is also is really not helping. Washing yes. us out. And, well, and me anyway. I'm going to have to put curtains back up, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got to nail the thing back in or whatever. So anyway. Why don't we just nail the fucking curtains to the wall? Could do that. 
Or we could staple gun him to the wall like your uh... ex-brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there are staples all over my fucking house. I can't get them out. Everything's wood in this house. So if I try to get the staples out, I scratch the wood. It's awful. First world problems. Man. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, <laughs> one of our cats fell and broke a dish. Oh, my goodness. I don't even I don't even know what happened. I I'm sure just, Whisper pushed him. I don't know if Whisper was anywhere near Not him. Sure. I don't know. It might have been Gibson. Somebody pushed him. Somebody, somebody pushed him. Falls, breaks the dish. He's soaked. It was a water dish. And so that's what we get for using the nice dishes for water dishes. I'm sitting back here. I'm still putting my records in the sleeves. And you're like, can you come comfort Sylvester? Sylvester hates me. He will not let me near him. And when he's upset, it's even worse. And he's always upset. So, (laughs) you know, he, he was scared because he was covered in water. He fell. I'm sure it didn't feel good, you know. It made noise. It scared the other cats. It mm-hmm. everyone, all the other cats came to investigate. You know, it was just a lot of activity for S- Sylvester, and he wouldn't like. I didn't even try to go comfort him because I knew it would just make it worse. Yeah. So I was like, Sylvie needs dad. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm out there and I'm like, Sylvie, come here, Sylvie. I got. Let me <laughs> let me get a towel. Let me dry you off, dude, because you are soaked. Like, I, I and then I went to take the garbage out. And, um, so like, uh, the garbage has been on the other side of the fence. So I went out the front door with the oh. garbage and now it's back on this side of the fence. So I'm like, fuck. Thanks for taking the garbage out. So I had to walk, I had to go through the fence and then the dogs are running and I'm like, nope, you're not going this way, Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> They're such cute dogs. Oh, I got to pet them yesterday. They came oh, in. Uh, I, I love them. They came in as I was coming up from, uh, doing some laundry stuff. So, yeah. you know, they, I was like, oh, Hey, look, my, my. My puppy friends, you know. And then, of course, you know, as soon as I'm going to go in the door, Rocket's like, ooh, time to go in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go in. I want to go in. I want to see the kitties. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is music time, and this is The Truth. You guys are going to like this. It's it's a fun song. I was listening to it a little bit earlier, and uh, this is called Fastest Fascist on All WNY, Think So Joe Show.
That was the truth on all WNY Think So Joe show. And you have a list of the people who are involved. Yes. This was composed by Adam Bronstein or Bronstein. I'm not sure. There's not a phonetic pronunciation guide. Um, It was arranged by Adam Bronstein and Donnie. Oh, damn it. Fraun. Fraun. What do you think? Frauenhofer. Frauenhofer. Um, Also featuring... Ellen Pieroni on saxophone and Joe Goretti on drum kit. I got those Italian names down, but Frohenhofer, that one threw me for a curveball there. Don't you wish we lived in, uh, you know, prehistoric bedrock and every last name ended in stone? <laughs> so then it would be Frohenhofer Stone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be some other kind of rock, but <laughs> Frohen Boulder. <laughs> and, uh, and what was the first one? Adam Bronstein or Bronstein. Bronstone. Yeah. Bronstone. Bronstone. Yeah, Bronstone. <laughs> um, I loved that. I oh, yeah, it was good. I yeah, you can you can find that on YouTube or uh Bandcamp. Um Yeah, so go check it out. Yes. Listen to it do again it now. if you liked it. Don't do it now. Don't do Wait it till now. the show's do it in over. like twenty something minutes. Yeah, do it in like twenty three minutes. Yeah. Still got another song. You wouldn't want to not listen to the missing worker today. Oh no, especially on Todd's birthday. I know you. You gotta. It's Todd's birthday. You have to listen. Happy birthday, Todd. Happy birthday, Todd. We would sing happy birthday to you, but that's a copywritten song, no, and not. we cannot. It is not. It isn't. It is no longer. Since when? Since like five years ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they lost. So the, we can they, sing to Todd right now. We we could, but we're not going to because nobody wants to hear me sing. Okay. <laughs> I guess you have a That's point. your birthday present for me, Todd. I'm not going to sing happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, no, that was a, there was a, it was, um, the copyright was uh, removed or waived or taken away or something. I, I don't know. It was like about five years ago they, uh, you know, made the change where it's like, okay, well, you know, this is legal now. So then there was like all these, uh, movies and everything that have had to pay royalties over the years that are like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, oh. like, like, do we, what do we do now? You know, like, you probably stop paying royalties. Do, do we, do we have to, can we get some of this money back now? <laughs> <laughs> you're in a band with me. You're stuck with it, Kevin. I have to hear it though. <laughs> you're the one that writes lyric vocal parts for me. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, that's just me yelling into the microphone like I do on the show every week. So it's nothing new. <laughs> that I have no problem doing. <laughs> I have no problem yelling into a microphone, as you can plainly see if you listen to the show with any sense of regularity. Yeah. So, which was what I did when I was actually a singer in a band was just yell into a microphone. <laughs> we were talking about uh, back in the day. Uh, my, my friend Turtle has a friend named Diver who just randomly buys him shit and he just bought him a four a 400 years uh or a $400 uh, I should say um arcade one up cap that's ridiculous and I'm just like you know and he's like oh yeah you know my friend bought this for me and I'm like hey you remember when I lived with you and he used to buy me Xbox games because he didn't have an Xbox <laughs> so he would buy Xbox games just to come over and play them um, it's a good setup. So he, uh, so he bought me like in like one of the games was like Tiger Woods Golf, right? So there's uh, me and you know who was a, a singer in a heavy metal band at a time at the time, and uh, my friend Heather who was a singer in a heavy metal band at the time, and we're both 
you know, very political and angry fucking singers. You know what I mean? And there's just the two of us, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing, just chilling, playing fucking Tiger Woods golf all fucking night till like four in the morning. We lived around the corner from each other. It was great. It's just like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it would, I wouldn't even have to call her or text her or anything. Like, I just go to the corner store. Hey, there's Heather. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Come play some Tiger Woods? Let's go. <laughs> and that's all we would do is just like literally just sit around and play Tiger Woods. Like there was no drugs, no alcohol, nothing. You just got these two like heavy metal singers who were always, you know, very anti George Bush at the time, you know, and, and like. Remember when we thought he was bad? Jesus, I know, right? I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, I I should I I did a uh, remix and I can't access it anymore, and that sucks because it was on MySpace, it was like the only oh. place that it was still around, and it's gone because MySpace lost like hundreds of thousands of fucking songs. Um, but it was a remix of the song "Burning the Bush," which is the song you hear at the beginning of the show every week. Um, and uh, but it was not this version that you hear. It was like from one of the early Think So Brain practices. Um, so it's us playing the song, and then there's like George Bush uh, sound bites. Oh, uh, you know, like nuclear power pants. <laughs> <laughs> you fooled me. You can't get fooled again. <laughs> Just like stupid shit, you know, like, um, you know, stupid George Bush quotes. And I wish somebody would do that with Donald Trump because there's a lot there's of There's too many to choose from. You know, what though? I, I don't know that there's necessarily a lot of <coughs> bad Trump sound bites to use as much as there is tweets. So you just put them in your lyric video or yeah, something. Yeah, there you I go. Don't, I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> You or know. what if you just use his tweets and make a song out of that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, Bloodhound Gang did do a song of Ralph Wiggum quotes, so... Couldn't you be too do hard. Anything. Yeah. Just put your mind to it. Yeah. Um, but but um, so Trump has been repeatedly tweeting, not 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 like you know rapid succession or anything, but every couple of days, Law and Order. And so this time I saw I happened to see it when he tweeted it, and so I responded, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> He's so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if you you know if you're gonna give me a show with an and in the title, I would take Beavis and Butthead over Law and Order, but that's that's just me. We were listening, you know. Tell them what we were listening to earlier that has an and in the title, theme song and uh, songs from. We were listening to song, music from Ren and Stimpy. Oh, <laughs> we were listening to a lot of things. Give me some slack. Yeah, we were we were listening. I have a Nicktoons uh, record. And it's the first side is all like Rugrats stuff, and then Ren and Stimpy stuff, and then I don't know what the second side like. Part of the second side is Rocco's Modern Life, and I don't know really the rest of it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't need to listen to the second side. Let's just put on the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were listening to you know Happy Happy Joy Joy was on there, and the uh, the, the the log jingle is on there. So we. Were I just... didn't have cable growing up most of the time. There was like a short span. When I had some cable, so we, but, but, um, so this is all lost on me. It's so just, I was just happy because like all that Ren and Stimpy stuff was on there. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember I made a powdered a powdered toast man reference to you once, and you didn't know what exactly I was referring to, but you knew the reference. Yep, so, because my dad used to buy stickers for me and my sister, and there was like he didn't. He didn't get these because we liked Ren and Stimpy. He got them because they looked neat. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, they were Ren and Stimpy. They looked neat. So 
one of the stickers was a little can of powdered toast. And I just remember thinking that was the greatest thing. And powdered toast has always stuck with me. And so I was really excited when you said something about powdered toast because <laughs> I knew that I didn't make it up. Right. No, that, that is an actual Ren and Stimpy reference is powdered toast, man. <laughs> I need that echo effect. I can I can now do an echo effect on this. I just haven't done it yet, so I don't know how. Oh. <laughs> Fuck with this. Oh, oh, man. Audio processing. He's going to erase the whole show. Luckily, the show's not being recorded on here right now because I fucking forgot to do that. So I think there's effects. I, I saw there was effects. I guess I, I guess not. I saw the thing saying that there was effects, but I don't see them. It lied to you. I'm, I'm disappointed now. <coughs> anyway, well, I guess, uh, let me see, can I have sounds? No, that's that. I, now I'm going to look for this for the rest of the 10 minutes that we're still on here. But <laughs> Right. Audio. Uh, processing? No, I don't know. There's supposed to be effects on here where I can do echo, but I guess I we'll, would we'll have figure to. figure it out. Later. I have to watch YouTube videos about it later. This is a new update, so it's all yeah. it's all fun. We had to like before last week's show, we had to like like adjust the deesser because we were really uh, getting a lot of sibilant sounds. Sibilance is one of my favorite words. It's a good word. It is. It's also a good way to check a test for sibilance. Sibilance. <laughs> See, that sounds pretty good. Sibilance. Yeah, um, I still get a lot of it in the in the booth. Oh, and yeah. I, I've turned it down, but uh, yeah, I made the adjustment. But I'm still getting it. But it doesn't, it, you know, the way I record doesn't it doesn't show up. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, we were definitely listening to uh, you know some Ren and Stimpy stuff, and uh, I that's a show I need to get. We 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 just bought. You no, know, that would be cool. I would love to. See what I missed. I just bought uh, Scooby Doo. Where are you? The entire series for twenty bucks, and we've been it's, enjoying it. It's regular, like a hundred and twenty bucks, and we I got it for twenty. So it's like okay, cool. And then you've been watching what's new Scooby Doo. What's new Scooby Doo. I watched all of it. It's it's over. So I'm watching, and um, they're being chased by a ghost or whatever the fuck, right? Like Scooby Doo does, and. The song that's playing is by Simple Plan. Yes. And it's like one of their bigger songs. Yes. And I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but it's one of their bigger songs. And I'm like, wait, that's that's Simple Plan. I know this song. And then I'm watching an episode like a night or two later. I'm like, wait a minute. This theme song is by Simple Plan. <laughs> As it turns out, I haven't seen this episode yet, but uh, it, it does exist. There's an episode where the where uh, the uh, the Mystery Inc. meet uh, Simple Plan. <laughs> That's cool. So Simple Plan is like way entwined in this ep- in this in this uh, series. I must have. Uh, so I I found out it. because I I went on Wikipedia to find out if it was really Simple Plan doing the theme song because I'm like wait you know what that might be Simple Plan doing that theme song and I wouldn't have even thought about it if I hadn't heard one of their songs yeah. in one of the episodes. So I'm just like oh that's crazy, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, Scooby-Doo is now Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo's now met Sonny and Cher, the Harlem, Harlem Globetrotters, and Simple Plan. What more <laughs> could you ask for? Yeah. I would love to go see the Harlem Globetrotters. I, we, we've talked about that. That wouldn't be uh, something I would be opposed to. Could we bring Allison? We could. Could we bring Mom? We could. Okay. 
Then as let's you, do it. As long as you don't mind me uh, half-assed whistling the uh, Harlem Globetrotters song the whole I would there. expect no less. <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with me every week when we got that in, uh, that one-minute countdown, and I'm just whistling along with the, with the, with oh, the music. Oh, that reminds me of the one-minute countdown. Should we talk about that? Is that something you really... I mean, we could do that. We Somebody's... Should, we're, we're throwing around an idea about having a contest of sorts to have the countdown music. Because that countdown music is annoying and Joe whistles to it. <laughs> so, guys, keep in mind if you got a one minute little uh, tune, um, we we might want you to, you know. <laughs> that song is catchy. Uh, yeah, dun, 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 yep. I I like it. I like it. I would click on it, but then our then our faces go away. <laughs> we don't want that again. We had that all last week. Yeah. Terrible. So we re we restructured how I I restructured everything. <laughs> like you're not watching a direct feed from the camera. You're watching a, a screenshot of a direct feed from the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is some techie shit. So if you see me looking over there, I'm looking at the actual feed of the camera. And if you see me looking over here, I'm looking at at the, uh, the screenshot, screenshot of the thing that's over there. So, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of went nuts with this whole setup once I got that extra, you know, arm to put the, mount the camera on. I want to actually move it closer. I think it's probably going to be better because we're... So? I, I think so because I think the light will hit us more and maybe negate some of the outside light. Um, I don't know. Nothing's going to negate that. I looked right at it. <laughs> Why did I do that, guys? Oh, it's fine if I hold my hand right here. People who stare at the sun, President Trump and Karina. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was too far. President Trump is not drawn to bright things. <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> Unless it's like a bug zapper. <laughs> oh, man. What can if we, we got a, a giant Trump zapper? zapper? Yeah, can we get a giant bug zapper and just hang it on that fence he built outside the White House? <laughs> oh, that would be great. Ooh. What if we electrified that? Eh, never mind. Let, yeah, we don't. Don't we whiz don't... on the electric fence. <laughs> I'm sure uh, somebody in the comments got that reference too. <laughs> anyway, um, I actually, when I was in Think So Brain, uh, my guitar player at the time was obsessed with Ren and Stimpy, and I was obsessed with uh, coding funny shit into my friends' MySpace pages without them knowing because you. <laughs> Well, you remember you could uh, you could comment, right? Yeah. So you could use HTML code in comments, and you could embed audio. So for the longest time, if you went to his profile, it would go, don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> and he loved it. He absolutely, because it was, you know, that is like the most insane fucking scene from Ren and Stimpy. Is, uh, I have no idea what I'm missing. So, so um, don't whiz on the electric fence is a board game that has an advertisement during Ren and Stimpy. It's a fictional board, obviously. Um it's part of the show. There's this one scene where Ren just goes fucking insane and he's pissed off at Stimpy and uh, I think it's Ren's cousin, right? So he's pissed off and he's like really mad and he's angry and he's yelling and he's screaming and he's like, first of all, first of all, I got to take a whiz, right? <laughs> so he goes to walk away and he goes to step over this board game. And he's like, what's this stupid thing? 
And they're like, oh, it's a board game. He's like, oh, you like this game? They're like, it's our favorite game in the whole world. He's like, yeah, well, what do you think of this? And he unzips his fly and he goes to piss on this board game. Don't whiz on the electric fence. And he gets zapped. And then at the end of the episode, it goes, don't whiz on the electric fence. So <laughs> I... I, I miss Ren, Ren and Stimpy was like the craziest fucking Nicktoon. What's well, uh, you know it's weird because like Nickelodeon put out Doug, Ren and Stimpy, and the Rugrats all in the same day. They own Rugrats. Oh. Doug went to fucking Disney. Oh. And Ren and Stimpy, um, I think that, I don't know if the creator has it. I, I don't think Nickelodeon. I, I think Nickelodeon basically said fuck this shit. <laughs> um. So uh I do have a Ren and Stimpy memory. Okay, okay. I have I have seen a bit of an episode of Ren and Stimpy because we had like a pajama day in middle school. Mhm. It was uh I think it was 4th grade. I don't know. But we had like a pajama day and we could bring a stuffed animal to school with us and I didn't bring Willie because Willie's too precious. Right. I don't even think I didn't bring Willie to college with me. Really? Yeah, because I was that worried. I brought Cookie Bear. And you know what? I lost Cookie Bear. Okay, so it's a good thing you didn't bring yeah. Willie. Um, so they brought all the good kids that, like, had done their homework and not gotten, like, any points against them or whatever into the auditorium. And we were going to watch cartoons. And it was, like, the second half of the day. Like, we were just going to watch cartoons. And they put on Ren and Stimpy. And everyone got so excited. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> And they started playing Ren and Stimpy, and it was glorious. It was so disgusting. Mm -hmm. And there was something about a toenail, I want to say. Probably. Um, it was gross. And the teachers freaked out, and they turned it off, and they put <laughs> on um, the Sleepy Hollow cartoon. Okay. Um, do you, you know the Sleepy Hollow cartoon? Oh, um... The Headless Horseman, I don't know. Well, I, I know what Sleepy yeah. Hollow is. I just, well, Ichabod I didn't know Crane was, yeah, and the the cartoon and the, anyway. <laughs> um, it was really wholesome. And there were no oozing toenails. And <laughs> I remember just being really disappointed because, like, I, I thought it was funny, even though it was gross. It was still, like, a... A funny gross. It wasn't like I'm gonna throw up or anything. Mm -hmm. And the teachers were like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, kids. We thought Nickelodeon was for kids. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy was not for children. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life either, but they still show that. So, <laughs> but uh, well, you know what? I mean, a lot of these Nickelodeon cartoons, they have the jokes that kind of like fly over the kids' heads, but the yeah. parents get it. Yeah. So, like, if you're watching Ren and Stimpy, you don't get half of these fucking jokes. That's true. Um, just, like, the first time I ever watched SpongeBob, I I was I had Madison, and she was, like, real, real, real little. And I'm like, oh, let's put on cartoons or whatever. So I put on SpongeBob, and he's trying to give his pet snail a bath, Gary, right? Yeah. And he's trying to give Gary a bath, and he's trying to get him to get into the tub. And he's, like, you know, making everything into, like, pilot st uh, pi pirate stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's, he grabs a bar of soap and he goes, look, Gary, doubloons, don't drop these <laughs> and winks into the winks. And it's like, holy fuck. That sponge just told that snail to not drop the fucking soap. <laughs> and I've been, I, 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 I've loved SpongeBob ever since. Uh, it's, by the way, 
Nickelodeon put out a tweet the other day saying they stand with LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. um, and essentially implied that SpongeBob is gay. Now, what... Or... Or... Well, so uh, the creator of, of SpongeBob, I got a splinter. That's what I'm trying to avoid getting in my foot here. Anyway, um, but the creator of SpongeBob had originally had said, SpongeBob is asexual, that's that. Now, an, an ace will fall into LGBTQ plus community. Mm. So, you know, um, I, I think they were saying that he's an ally, that he's maybe part of the community because he's asexual. They didn't specifically say, right. here's gay characters and post a picture of SpongeBob. So, uh, you know, I think people are getting that a little twisted and out of yeah, uh, people out of are hand jumping here. to conclusions. So, uh, but, you know, hey, it's cool that they were, and, and they turned off comments. Uh, they You couldn't reply to that tweet. So people were just like, Nickelodeon just said SpongeBob's gay and dipped. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to go. This is uh, The Missing Worker, and this song is called Hangman on all WNY Think So Joe Show. We'll see you next week. Any second now. Spins on crushes and burns all below. I may hang today, but the fiery wheel spins on. But before those who trade skin and coin, deal and gain, God has judged to bring to you. See me, but I see you, you see me.